Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Amen. He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Good to see everyone in church, in the house of the Lord, and uh, at this season, we're just... Wanted to just say, uh, we hope that this next week, you and your family and whoever you're gathering with are going to be blessed and have a wonderful holiday uh, season as we just really take a moment to thank the Lord. And uh, really, we thank the Lord during this time for all that He has done. Amen. And so I hope that, you know, during the season, you really do have something that you're thankful for, you know, almost all the time, every day. And uh, But anyways, we, we here at the uh, church, of course, on behalf of my wife and I and the leadership team, you know, really hope that you're just blessed and wherever you go, that you are the light and you are the salt. Uh, amen. Wherever you go. And so I know some of you are um, going to be with some family. Some of you are not. But we just pray that you're blessed. And so, uh, so thankful for that. I wanted to just, you know, honor, uh, take a moment and just honor uh, really um, the intercessory prayer team. I know with Brother Rick heading that up and, and one of the uh, groups that he heads up, really appreciate Brother Rick, one of our elders, and for heading that up. And I know that they've been praying almost every day, um, you know, and here at the church or wherever. And so just really wanted to thank the Lord for that. And, and uh, how many know that when God, God hears the prayers of his people, he answers? Amen. And, and really, he sees the faith. That we're putting forth. You say, well, what prayers do I pray? Or how long do I need to pray? Or, or you know, do I need to, you know, do, do I have to be in church to pray? Do I have to, do I have, to have everything perfect in my life to, for God to hear me? How many know God honors faith? God honors faith. And you know, how many know the longer it seems that we, we pray, the stronger God works? I don't know why that is. The, the, it seems like the harder we press into God, the more... He kind of works on our behalf. Amen. How many love that about the Lord that He works for us? Amen. And with us. Amen. And so I just wanted to say thank you to all those who have been praying and faithful. And just during the season of prayer and this time of prayer that we've really entered into. But uh, it's not a one-time deal. How many know prayer is like breathing to a Christian? Amen. We just, we just pray and we talk to God all the time. But there are certain times that God has certainly called us to a special time of prayer. And I don't know, you know, really, before I preach today, I just wanted to say, I don't know, you know, where you're at as far as, you know, the election's concerned and, and, and how you're feeling these days about that. But let me just say this, is that I think that really as a Christian, you really need to be concerned about what's going on. No matter, no matter what party, what, whether you, you voted for a celebrity. Some of you might have voted for a celebrity. I don't know. Amen. And there's some people that did that. Maybe you voted for your next door neighbor, your cat. But let me just say this, that... We've got to be concerned about what's going on around us. Can you say amen? We've got to pay attention. We've got to be concerned about these things. And, and there's a point, I believe, that each and every one of us, especially as Christians, that we've got to be able to lay some things aside and come together. We've got to come together and agree on some things. And we've got to agree for the salvation of men's hearts and, so, and souls. Amen. We've got to agree for the redemption of our nation and the salvation and protection of our nation. Can somebody say amen? And I do believe that it's God's will to have good government. I do believe that. And I do believe that it's up to us and our responsibility uh, to really, really determine where our culture goes. I really do. I believe we have a great influence in that. And so I wanted to just throw that out because this is a unique time, a unique season. But also just wanted to say, really, before we get into God's Word, is just I want to encourage you, don't give up. 
I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what's going on in your life, in your home, or, or what's going on in your heart. But just and don't give up. Let, let's keep persevering. Let's keep walking and moving. Let's keep going towards God. Let's just keep pressing into God and keep, you know, I, I believe that when we press into God, I believe He presses into us. When we lean into God, He leans in a little closer to us. And so I want to continue, just encourage you just not to give up. Just don't give up. Whatever you're praying for, whatever you're believing God for, whatever you came today, with a, uh, it's going on in your life, I want you to say, listen, look to God. Look to the Lord today. Is anybody here? Amen in this room. Amen. And, and can we just say, you know, Lord, I thank you that you are my hope. You are my strength. You are my joy. You are my song. Lord, when I don't have anything to sing about, I'm still going to sing about you. Amen. And I really appreciate that about the Lord, that He gives us hope. Amen. Uh, you know, something a little bit di- different today. Um, uh, you know, I was kind of just praying, and, and Lord, where, where, what do you want us to say? And what are you what are, are saying to our church today? Uh, you know, and I, I usually don't do this. I normally don't do this. But I really felt the Lord say, I need to get some, a message out of the closet and, and kind of just dust it off a little bit. And something that we talked about earlier this year. And so I want to do that today. And I uh, don't really do, normally do that, but, um, you know, I, I, I believe that God speaks a fresh word, but I also believe we can hear the same word again. Amen? I believe that. And so uh, I want to just turn in our Bibles or click on your device to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> just read this opening scripture. Pray over God's word today. And, and uh, how many know God's word is anointed? God's word is inspired. It's us that needs help. Amen? So we, we're going to pray for our ears to be open today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, in verses 19 and 20, but focusing in on 19 and 20, uh, it's really an 18 too, but you just you could read that if you want to. But Paul says here, he says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, I'm re- reading out of the NIV, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. How many believe that every promise in God is yes? Can I hear an amen? Yes. It's yes this morning. God's promises are good. They are strong. They are secure. God's promises in Christ Jesus, all of them, are yes, and we say a resounding amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, for the hope that's in your word. I thank you, Lord, that every time we open your word, there is life and there is hope. It just jumps off the pages and meets us where we are and ministers to our heart. I pray that your word would bring faith today. Let the word of God bring strength and faith to the believers that are listening, to those that are away from you. Let it bring conviction. Let it bring, Lord, the the tugging of your love on their heart, Lord. And those that don't know, know you, let it bring illumination and knowledge to their heart that they would know who you are and discover your salvation for them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, another translation says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen ascends to God for His glory. And another translation says, He carries out and fulfills all of God's promises. No matter how many of promises that He's made, we have been, we've told everyone how faithful He is giving glory to His name. In verse 22, just two verses later uh, in, in 2 Corinthians, he says this, Jesus Christ has also sealed us and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 
as a guaranteed. How many believe today that all of God's promises are yes? Yes, I believe that. In 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 3 and 4, I'm going to paraphrase it, just says that through life and godliness, God has given us His precious and magnificent promises so that through them you might know or become partakers of the divine nature, that we might be partakers of God's divine nature. As you know His promises, you learn His character is what He's saying, that God has given us these promises. These precious and magnificent promises are in Jesus. When he says yes and amen here, what he's saying is is that it's a permanent yes. It is a resounding yes, but it is a permanent yes. And also it is God's yes, and it is our amen. Amen means so be it. We affirm it. We agree to it. And so he's saying here that all the promises that God has made are in Christ Jesus. They are yes, and we say amen. How many agree and affirm and would say, so be it, to every promise in the book? Amen. Every promise that God has made is yes, and we say amen. That's what that means. And so I believe that as we look at the promises of God, nothing uh, in God diminishes. Did you know that? That there's nothing that diminishes in God. It never decays. It never lacks and then decreases in power, decreases in effectiveness or an original uh, intention. Did you know that? The Bible says in Isaiah that of the increase of his government, there will be no end. In other words, God's kingdom is going to constantly be growing over time. It will never stop. It will never lose its power or momentum. How many know whatever we go through in our culture never causes God's power to diminish? Amen. And so His promises are the same way. His promises are are everlasting. His promises are irrevocable. That's what Paul is bringing out here. And in fact, when Paul says this, he's saying, uh, and if you read the, the earlier uh, verses there, he's, he's saying that God's promises are not flippant. It's not casual. God doesn't make just a casual promise. He doesn't just throw it out there and hope it works. Come on, right? But God's promises are rock solid. They are, uh, there's a commitment that God has made when he made those promises. Every intention that God has to fulfill those promises were made before He made the promise because He knows He's good for His Word. That's what Paul is bringing out here. How many believe that God is absolutely trustworthy? I believe that He is unchanging. I believe that God is faithful in keeping all of His promises. Not one promise that God has made will go unkept. Amen. Every promise will be fulfilled and it's through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ came and He was born of a virgin. He lived a life. He died on the cross, was buried in a tomb, raised from the dead, ascended into heaven. Because of that, every promise God has made is yes. Come on. It is a guarantee it's going to happen. Amen. How many have studied the Bible a little bit to know that a lot of promise has already been fulfilled, right? Well, if we know that, we also have to say amen to the fact that the rest of them are going to be fulfilled. I agree to that. I affirm that. Uh, So be it, as we say. But His promises go from one generation to the next generation. And also, I've noticed this about God's promises, that His promises stem from His goodness and His glory. That's where they come from. It comes from His goodness. How many know you can't match His goodness? You just can't do it. And it comes from His goodness and His glory. And I like this about the Lord, that He has the power 
and the will to fulfill His promises. Amen? How many know He doesn't need us necessarily to fulfill all His promises? We work with Him. We're workers together and He needs our cooperation. But how many know He, he can do it all by Himself? Yes, He can. Amen. And so it's by really uh, His power and His will. How many know He's good for it? You can just say God's good for it. That's why I believe in it. That's why I trust in it and put everything I have in, in agreement to God's promises because He's good for it. I mean, when God said, let there be light, there was light. He's good for His promises. Amen. And, and when He stuck up the sun up in there and He said, you're going to shine for the rest of eternity until I tell you otherwise, how many know He's good for His promises? You know, when we see a rainbow in the sky, every time we see the rainbow in the sky, we don't think of an organization that's used it for their own benefit, amen, and twisted it. We think of God's promises. The Bible says every time you see a rainbow, remember the promise I made to mankind. And how many know He's been good for His promise? It hasn't flooded, amen, to kill us, amen. Some of your backyard's been washed away, but we haven't been destroyed by flood again. And so we can look and we can say with confidence, every time you look at a rainbow, amen. Because the rainbow is God's yes, and then we look at it and we say, amen. So that's what he's saying here. And so how many believe that every time God has made a promise, we can say, amen. Our lives shouted out, amen. And I believe there's been tons of examples that you can look to in the Bible. We've already talked about, just, just mentioned about Noah and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Moses and, and uh, Joshua. Even God made a promise to a harlot and kept his promise. Rahab, yes he did. He made a promise to Rahab the harlot. She helped the children of Israel. Amen. And David and Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Mary, the disciples. You know, God has made promises to the Jewish people. Hasn't he, right? And how many know God's going to keep those promises he's made to the Jewish people? Amen. God's made promises to the Gentile world. And God's made promises to both, amen, the Jews and the Gentile that was going to unite them. Both There's promises that God's made to, uh, to the Jews and God's made promises to the Gentile world that's going to unite them in Christ. Amen. How many believe that God's going to keep all His promises to the Jewish people? Amen. To the nation of Israel. Yes, He is. You better believe it. Amen. God makes promises to people. He makes promises to families. He makes promises to nations and He keeps them. And because he's faithful and because he's trustworthy, we can say amen to the promises that have yet to be fulfilled. You can say amen to the promises God spoke to your heart. You can say amen even though you don't see it, even though you can't imagine that's going to happen or how it's going to come to pass. You can say amen to that because you know God's good for it. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. And so God's promises, as, as, as the scripture is saying here in, in, in 2 Corinthians, that God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for that. Every time you thank God for the cross, you, you are thanking the Lord for His promise. His promise to mankind. But because of the cross, he's saying, is that these promises have been fulfilled. And they will be fulfilled because of the cross. And so Jesus really brings, as, the, as Hebrew says, superior promises in the New Covenant. In the Old Testament, they had good promises, and those promises came to pass, and God kept those promises. But the Bible says, because of what Jesus did at Calvary, there are superior promises. There are better promises. How many thank God for better promises? 
How many thank God that you don't have to go in today and you have to buy a cow and some sheep and some and pigeons and sacrifice and amen and hope and hope that that your sacrifice appeases God. How many know we have a superior promise that because of what Jesus did at Calvary, when I, amen, repent of my sins, it is done. Amen. My sins are clean. They are washed. Amen. Because of what Jesus did at Calvary. And so it also tells me that God's promises contain a clause. Did you know that? It's called the promise clause. Not the Santa Claus. It's called the promise clause. Yes, it is. And what do I mean by that? That means that God's promises are received by faith. You receive God's promises by faith. How many know Noah needed a lot of faith to receive God's promise? Yes, he did. Amen. And, and you know, Abraham needed a lot of faith to receive God's promise about his son Isaac. Amen. Yes, he did. And about the nations of the world. And so it's received by faith. Number two, they're fulfilled by obedience. God's promises in your life, my life, to the nation, to whatever, God's promises are fulfilled by obedience. How many of that's very important, isn't it? That's very important because everything God has for you is freely available to you in Christ. But, however, as the Bible makes it clear, there are, are these conditional things in, in obedience. It all hinges on obedience. God wants your obedience. God wants your heart. How many know what I'm talking about? He could give you whatever He wanted at any moment, at any time of the day. But He chooses to get your heart. He wants your heart. He wants your worship. He wants your affection. He wants your attention. And so guess what he's going to do? He's going to give me some promises, and then he's going to say, step up into obedience. Amen. And so that's what happens. And so we, we see that they're fulfilled by obedience. And I, I believe that if I live by the promises of God, I've also got to live by the principles of God. Has anybody agree to that? Yeah, you've got to live by the principles of God. The promises of God are really activated by the principles of God. When you walk in obedience according to the principles, they're activated. Last week we sang a song called The Blessing. And God said in Deuteronomy, I'm going to bless you coming in and you're going out. I'm going to bless your family. How many received that blessing? Well, how many know that has a condition that if you walk in obedience according to the word, you will receive all these blessings. Amen. And so the same way is with God's promises. And so I believe that we can experience every promise in the book through really faith and obedience to the book. Anybody else agree? You, most of you guys are Christians. You should at least say yeah. So you, we, we believe that. We believe that, that every promise in the book by faith and obedience to the book. And that's how we get and receive the promises. And I also believe that God will fulfill His promises by His sovereign will. God has a will and a desire that can't be stopped. He's got a will that's just going to happen. He's, he's, it's going to happen. How many believe that about God? When He says something, He's going to make it happen. He's going to make it happen. And how many know he's, if He's got to move heaven and earth, He's going to make it happen. One way or the other, whatever God says, He's going to make it happen. Yeah, because He's got a will. And His will can't be stopped. What's important is that we line up with His will. What's important is that as, as Jesus taught us to pray the will of God and to live in the will of God, and then we'll see the will of God done in our lives. And so I believe that about the promises of God. But one of the things I've discovered about all these promises and the greatest really source of God's promises are in what I call the book of promise, the word of God. How many know the word of God is called the book of promise? 
Well, I just made it up, so you agree. Yeah, amen. So, yeah, how many know we can call it the book of promise? Oh, yeah, you can. You can call it the book of promise. I, I really appreciate the, the gift that God has given us every day to pray and read the Word. How many are thankful for the freedom that we have in this nation to pray and read the Word of God in your home and amen and wherever and I, wherever you are? And the, see, what happens is the gift of God that God's given us every day to prayer. What is that? That's talking to God. But the Word of God is what? God talking to us. And so the, the, really the promises of God are released or revealed through the Word. You're not going to find God's promises in, in a fortune cookie. You're going to find God's promises in the book. Amen. That, that's easy, isn't it? Elementary. But really, the, in, and over the years I've heard this about God's Word. It's really called God's love letter. How many have ever heard that? It's God's letter to you. It's God's love letter to you. And so you know what we can do? Because we have this gift that God has given us of relationship, we can say this about God's promises. Me too. We can say that every promise is for me. Every word in this book was written about me, for me, to me. Come on, somebody. And Paul said it. Everything that God has promised in Christ is yes. Right? And it's yes to you. And so you can say, this is for me. Lord, you know, every time you read something, you say, well, I wish that was possible in my life, God. But I think that's for every, somebody else. I, how many know we don't, we don't read the Bible like that? We read the Bible that if Jesus said it, he's speaking right to us. If God says that your prayers are going to be heard, he's not speaking to somebody else down the street. He's talking to me. If God promises me salvation of healing and deliverance, He's not talking to some other, other person, right? He's talking to me. And we can say that about God's promises, this book of promises, that it's for me. But I, I want to just draw your attention to something real quick about the book of promise, that we could be like in the days of Amos where the Bible says that there was a famine for the Word of God. We could be that way in our nation. And I don't think it's so much the having the Bible. All of us probably have three or four copies at home or, or a dozen or so copies at home. We've got apps on our phone. It's not a lack of the word that we have. It's really what I'm concerned about this day is really what the Bible speaks of and warns us is about being Bible illiterate. Not knowing what the Bible says. Not knowing what's contained in the book. I'll never forget a friend of mine. We were getting excited talking about Scripture. And he said, well, remember what the good book says. Good things come to those who wait. And I thought to myself, and I said, unless Benjamin Franklin is a book of the Bible, that wasn't in the book. Come fly the friendly skies. How many know that's not in the book? We got to know what's in the book. Amen. We got to know even today in this hour, amen, we've got to know what is in the Word of God? In order for you to claim the word, the promise of God and walk in the promise, how many know you got to know about the promise? You got to, you know, that's why it's so good to claim these promises that you read every day. Don't become Bible illiterate. This last year it was actually a year ago, last month, that this one organization called the Center for Bible Engagement did a study, and they polled over forty thousand people between the ages of eight and eighty. And really the study was all about how people engage with Scripture. How do people kind of on a daily basis or a weekly basis, monthly basis, engage with Scripture? And this test found some very interesting things out. Again, this was over 40,000 people polled. They found out that people that only engage in the Scriptures once a week, like a lot of times just going to church and hearing somebody talk about the Bible, uh, really had no effect on their life. Little to no effect on their life. Twice a week had little to no effect in their life. Somebody that engaged three times a week in the Word had a little bit of an 
effect. But something interesting when they found out that when they engaged with the Word of God four times a week, the spikes or the chart just spiked. It just really, you know, just boom, hit, hit this uh, really this amazing spike on the chart. They found out that four times a week made such a difference in people's lives. They began to comment and said, and they, and they made these studies that uh, 30% that said that feeling lonely dropped for them. Anger issues dropped 30, 32% if they just engaged with the scriptures four times a week. Bitterness in relationships dropped down 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57% just by engaging in the scriptures four times a week. Feeling spiritually stagnant dropped 60%. Viewing pornography dropped 61%. Sharing your faith jumped up to 200%. And discipling somebody in the Lord jumped up 230%. Just by engaging in scriptures four times a week. Can you imagine if you did it five? <laughs> At least five, seven, maybe. Come on. I mean, if, can you imagine? That's why the Bible says meditate in the word of God day and night. Why? Because anxiety is going to drop in your life. Depression is going to go in, in, in your life. Come on. When you engage in the word of God. Why? Because there's promises there that are unlocked as you get in the word of God. As you open the book of promises, you realize that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. That everything that God has going on in your life, He's going to turn it around for good. Amen. That the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. You discover things like this. And you learn about these promises. And so by reading the book of promise, you can experience all the promises in the book. And that's what the study brought out. And I thought that was an amazing thing. But really the book of promise, as we look at the scriptures, I mean, you think about it. It's awesome. It's got 40 authors written over a period of 1,600 years. It's 66 books contained in it. Almost 1,200 chapters, 31,000 verses. Come on, that's amazing. And over 780,000 words. Did you know that? That's amazing, isn't it? It's a book of promise. And in this book, uh, most people agree that there's over 3,000 promises. Now, some say seven, some say 8,000. One guy said there's 30,000 promises. Now, if there's 31,000 verses and there's correct that there's 30,000 uh, promises, that means there's a promise for every, almost every verse. Think about it. But most people agree there's about 3,000 promises. I mean, how many know that'll take you through the year? Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll go through the, the promises real quick. Amen. Think about it. Over 3,000 promises God has. Now, 85% is what they say. 85% of those promises are from God to us. So if there's about 3,000 promises, that's over 2,500 promises God has made to us. How many know that's good, isn't it? That's really good. And you know, there's almost 300 promises in the Bible. There's almost 300 promises that God has made to man. And how many know they probably didn't go through half of those? They didn't, they didn't keep half of those. You know, and even, I, be, I believe one, one uh, historian said there's nine promises that Satan made. How many know we didn't, he, he didn't make any of those promises. Didn't keep any of those because the Bible says he's a father of lies. Amen. And how many know every intention that the devil has won't work and every promise that he made for the future isn't going to work because he's the father of lies. Think about it. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, in those three books alone, have over a thousand promises. I'm telling you, God's good for his word. God's good for His Word. Stop looking at the, watching TV to, to kind of get a promise today. Get, get the, open the book. Get in the book. Amen. And discover the book of promise. Amen. How many, how many know you, you watch the, the news or you watch TV and you try to look for some promises? Man, you're going to be there for days. 
weeks, months. But man, you can be in seconds in the Word of God and discover that's a promise for me. Amen. And every promise, the Bible says, is yes. Every promise in Christ is yes. Amen. It's interesting that the first promise of the Bible is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And he's speaking actually to, to the devil. And he says, from now on, you and the woman will be enemies. And as you will, uh, as you... Um, as your offspring and hers, you'll always be enemies. You will strike his heel, speaking of Jesus, uh, but he will crush your head. That's the first promise in the Bible. Victory. Isn't that a good promise? No matter what the devil does, Jesus is going to have victory. And didn't Jesus bring forth that promise? Didn't Jesus fulfill that promise? On the cross, the Bible says that when he died, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. Amen. And rendered the devil powerless when he rose from the dead. Amen. Amen. You know, and the last promise of the Bible is found in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20. Jesus, he's, he talks about Jesus and he says, He who testifies to these things, Jesus, says, Yes, I am coming soon. How I many? that's a good promise. Jesus made a promise at the beginning, amen, and made a promise at the end. And I love the end promise, yes, I'm coming soon. Hallelujah. And so that's a good promise to end up, and end up on, isn't it? You know, there's a few things I just want to point out about the, uh, some of the promises that we have. And as the writer, of, and Peter said in, the, in Hebrews, it says we have precious promises, better promises. What are some of these better promises and precious promises that we have today? I want to share with you a few. Number one, I believe the forgiveness of sins. I mean, that is an awesome, awesome promise. Let's not ever let our hearts get away from the fact that God forgives us of our sins, as we talked about last week. Amen. Aren't you glad that the Bible says that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and unrighteousness. Amen. And number two, I think the, the promise of eternal life is amazing. How many of us live our lives every day based on the promise of eternal life? Have you ever done that? Thought to yourself, wow, I'm going to live for the next hundred billion years. That is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Another promise is the acceptance and adoption that, that God has for us. Amen. That we were grafted in. We were adopted by the Father. Amen. Resurrection from the death. Healing from God. The fullness of life. A new identity. His righteousness. His holiness. How many know that's a good promise? Not my righteousness. Not my holiness. But His. That's a good promise. He's going to give it to us. The love. The joy. The peace of God. Safety. Protection. Peace. Amen. In the midst of problems and, and danger, He'll give us safety, protection, and peace. These are promises from God. Wisdom and knowledge and understanding, overcoming the world's systems and frustrations and temptations, Jesus said, you will overcome. Amen. His mercy is new every day. How many know that's a good promise? Goodness and mercy following you every single day. Blessings chasing you down every day. That's the promise of God. As the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, rest for your souls. Jesus said, I will give you rest for your souls. Is that right? Amen. Take my yoke. Amen. Take my burden. It's easy. It's light. And I'm going to give you rest. He's going to give us strength. And Isaiah 40 promises that even though we get weak and powerless, he said he will give us, every. if we trust in the Lord, he will give us strength. In provision. He, he gives us provision. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. Philippians chapter 4, 19 says, This same God who takes care of me will supply all my needs according to His glorious riches, which have been given to me through Jesus Christ. Healing for our bodies. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, By whose stripes you were 
healed. That's a precious promise. Amen. See, there's promises to heal us and win over depression, anxiety, and weakness, and fear, and and the fear of death as we sang about today. I'm no longer a slave to fear because Jesus Christ died and rose from the grave. And therefore, I'm not afraid of death. Therefore, as a child of God, I'm not afraid of what the unknown is. Amen. When I close my eyes for the last time, I can have joy that I'm going to live forever. That I'm going to be in the presence of God. That I'm going to know Jesus for the rest of my life. That I'm going to spend my day worshiping. Hallelujah. All day long. That's a precious promise, isn't it? Amen. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, there'll be no more crying. No more, no more tears. No more sorrow. No more pain. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're not going to need any more medicine? You're not going to need any more doctor's appointments. You're not going to need any more. Come on. You're going to have a perfect body. That's a promise from the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And I love this one in Romans chapter 8. He said, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love that's in Jesus Christ. Nothing will be able. How many know that's a great promise? That's a great promise. If you're facing persecution, facing tribulation, as Paul said, it's not going to be able to separate you from the love of God. Death itself will not be able to separate you from the love of God. That's amazing, isn't it? How many know death is a strong power? It's got a strong power, as the Bible says, but it's not even strong enough to separate you from the love of God. And the last point I want to just share with you is there's a one promise that I want to leave with you today as we talk about the promises of God, that they are yes and we say amen. And that is the greatest promise, really, that God has given is the promise of His presence. The promise of His presence. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? In 2 Corinthians, as verse 22, we read 19 and 20 as verse 22. He talks about what Jesus has done for us. And he said, who has also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Jesus said it twice and Paul the Apostle preached about it. It was called the promise of the Father. How many know the Holy Spirit is called the promise of the Father? Amen? Yes, it is. And, 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 and so that is the promise. Jesus said that I'm not going to leave you comfortless. The Comforter is coming. coming. And when I ascend into heaven, the Holy Spirit is coming down on earth and He's going to be on you and in you and he's gonna, it's going to be like I never left. Amen? How many believe in the Holy Ghost? How many believe in the Spirit of God? Amen? Filling our hearts and being with us. How many know it's a promise of God's presence? Isn't that amazing? The God of heaven, the God of creation, the God of the unknown finally has revealed himself. And now he says, I'm going to be with you forever. I mean, the only time that you could find God was you had to go where the children of Israel were camped. And and you had to go into the Holy of Holies and you had to be, come on, you had to be a priest to do that. Nobody could do that, just a priest once a year. But how many know the Bible says that we have the Holy Ghost in our hearts? Amen. How many know that pillar of fire is still burning today, but now it's in our hearts? That cloud is still leading us, but now it's in our hearts. Amen. Called the Holy Ghost. That's the promise of the Father. The greatest promise that we have today, and I want you to get a hold of this, is the promise of His presence. Listen, I'm so thankful that God does not base His presence on a class, a race. Come on, or a social uh, class of people, on money, or, come on, or, or where you were born, or who you are. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, as Hebrew says. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end, I am with you. The Holy Ghost is that promise of presence. The Holy Ghost is a promise from God the Father, amen, that said, listen, it's going to be like I never left this earth. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 6, he says this. He speaks of this promise from the Old Testament. He says, I will receive you. 
I'm going to receive you. I'm going to be a father to you. You're going to be my children. I will dwell in you. I will walk in you. I will be your God and you will be my people. How many of you know that's an awesome promise? Some of you just need to wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, I thank you that you're with me. You're not going to leave me. You're not going to desert me. You're walking not just with me. You're walking inside of me. Amen. I'm going to walk in them. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to write my laws on their hearts. It's going to be so close to them, even closer than the words coming out of their mouth. It's going to be in their heart. Amen. I'm not going to leave you comfortless, Jesus said. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to be with you forever. And today I want you to stand under the promise of God's presence. I want you to stand on that promise that God has given us. That all of the promises that God has given us are yes. And we say amen. See, the Bible makes it clear that He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's with us in every situation, every day living, every, every problem. Even in persecution, the Bible says that He's with us. I mean, you know, in America, I think sometimes we get a little arrogant. We think, well, God's not with the persecuted Christians in China. God's left them. No, God's with them probably closer than He is with us sometimes. God's still revealing His power in persecution. God's still revealing His love. God's still pouring out His Spirit even in persecution. Amen. We, we want to get everything right and make our society conducive for revival before we really move towards God. No. How many know revival is never conducive to our, our surroundings? Amen. It's never going to fit. But God comes, amen, in those situations, in those times of darkness, and He comes in those times of difficulty and chaos, and He comes with His presence. So today as a church, we can stand on the promises of His presence. And so as a promise of His presence, the Bible says it clearly, how do we get that? Well, we got it through His Word. We got it through His Spirit. It just, that's, how you, that's how you can stand on the promise of God's presence. How do you know God's with you? Right here, the Word of God. You know God's with you because the Bible says He is the Word. Jesus said, amen, that He is the Word. He is the way, truth, and light, but He also said, I'm the bread. I'm the bread that came down in the Old Testament. I'm the bread right now, and I'm the bread that's going to be there. When everybody else is gone, I'm still going to be the bread. Amen? And so that's how we can rely on the presence of God, because of the Word of God. Because He's given us His Spirit, the Bible says. Amen? And so the gift of the Holy Ghost, this promise of the Father, He said He's going to give it to us to empower us, to enable us, to transform us, to change us from glory to glory. Amen? So that we can move in these great and precious promises today. Every promise in Christ. Amen. I want you to just say that before you go home and, and just have that in your heart. Every promise in Christ is yes and we say amen. Can you stand on your feet today? Hallelujah. I, I really don't know where you're at and I know I've talked to a few of you and some of you and it just seems like I don't know about you but how many know if we were to to review this year and rate this year, I'd give it a one star. Amen? <laughs> but how many know even in a, in, a, in a year like this, we still have His presence? We still got His promises. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to desert us in our hour of need. Amen. The Bible says in that hour of need, I'm going to come closer to you than I was before. If you just call on me. Amen. If you just call out to me, I will be there instantly. And so today, I just want to encourage you. I just want to build your faith. Stand on the promise of God. You say, Brother Matt, I don't know whether I should do. Should I listen to this preacher? or Should I watch this TV program? Should I get online? No, no. Open the book of promise. 
Get in the book of promise. I want you to just take something. I, I don't know. I brought my old Bible today. Amen. But listen, you know, get in, the, get in a book that you can mark it and you can highlight it and you can, you can underline things. And I want you to underline every promise. And I want you to stop at every promise. And I want you to shout a little bit and say, God, this promise is for me. Lord, the promise that you gave Jehoshaphat, amen, that if I just put the worship first, you're going to work for me. You're going to fight for me. The battle is not my battle. The battle is your, my, is your battle. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about today? As you get into the Psalms and Proverbs and you get into, amen, Peter's teachings and Paul's teachings, you say, God, that promise is for me today. That promise is for my family. That promise is for our state and our nation today. This promise is for the world. I'm so glad today that the greatest promise, amen, that we have is the love of God. You know, I don't know if you know somebody, you're going to be going maybe to some family reunions and family outings today. There's so many people that you, you know that don't know the Lord. They don't understand, they don't know God, and they don't know His precious promise of salvation. I want you to be the conduit of God's love this week. I want you to be that mouthpiece for the Lord and let them know that God has promised them healing, deliverance, and salvation. And in Jesus Christ, it's a guarantee. Can you say amen? It's a guarantee. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you today. And we declare it. We, we, we repeat and we stand. And we affirm this today that every promise, every promise in Jesus is yes. And we say amen. We say amen to the promise of victory. We say amen to the promise of healing. We say amen to the promise of salvation, of protection, and Lord, safety and peace in our hearts. We say yes and amen, Lord, with you today. And Lord, whatever anybody's listening and watching tonight, today, Lord, whatever they're going through, I don't know if there's fear in their heart. I don't know if there's sickness in their body. I'm not sure, Lord. Lord, you haven't revealed it to me, but I'm sure, Lord, because we live in this world, there's brokenness and there's frustration and there's anger, Lord, and there's hopelessness. I pray, Lord, that they would break open the book of promise. Go to the book of promise and discover, Lord, the, every promise. Every promise is for them, and in Christ it is yes. Lord, I just thank you for it. I pray that you would bless, Lord, us with healing today. Bless us with safety and protection. Bless us, Lord, with, Lord, just those who need to know you. Lord, bring people by our path that we can share the wonderful message of Jesus Christ that brings hope. Thank you for it, Lord, and thank you for what you're doing in our lives, in our midst, in our families today. And we just say yes and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.